Every story matters. The challenge is getting that story to the historical record. Simply putting it in the archive, maybe is not enough. I know lots of oral history out there that's just been sitting on a shelf for 20, 25 years. My name is Doug Boyd. I direct the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the University of Kentucky Libraries. I am also the current president of the Oral History Association. We've got close to 11,000 interviews now in the Nunn Center collections. We're constantly interviewing, but when I came in 2008, I was really frustrated. Oral history has a problem on the archival side with discovery and usability. Nobody was really listening to oral history from the archive. And I have an emphasis on technology, so I created a system called OMS, time-coded keys in a transcript. So when you search on a word, it takes you to the moment in the audio. And then it hit me, we need to find something more efficient than transcription. So we added the indexing feature to OMS. You can tag the moment with a title, a description of what's being said, keywords, hyperlinks to photographs, GPS coordinates, for about one-tenth of the cost of a transcript. We went from 500 interviews a year being used to 10 to 12,000 page views a month. The indexing feature really transformed the way we do things. Do you have time for a story? In 2014, we got a request from Italy. The requester was writing his first novel, and he was setting the novel during World War II in this small town on the coast called Tremont Swally, and he found an interview that we had with Marshall Webb, who had fought in the Battle of Tremont Swally. It was 1944. So he said, we'll get this ready. There were no restrictions. I said, we might have somebody else who may have fought in that battle. Do you want us to take a look? He says, no. I said, that's weird. Most researchers want everything. I'm just really curious, why are you so interested in Marshall Webb? He sends us a photograph. Marshall Webb carved his name, M.A. Webb, Seaville, Kentucky, March 30, 1944, in an alleyway during the Battle of Tremonswale. Wait a minute. We can triangulate people from a wall in small-town Italy, the carving that was created in 1944, to this four-hour interview with Marshall Webb. Uh, which one is this town? We was in a small burg. I would say that if this town was populated like in civilian time, it wouldn't have been over two, three hundred people, no more than that. And the name of it was Trimmon Soli. That kind of magic would have taken a miracle to have made that connection in an analog world. The reason we knew he talked about Trimmon Soli, the only reason we knew it, was in the description he broke frame from the interview and started to recite a poem that he had written about the Battle of Tremonswale. As we reached our main objective, but just at the break of day, death and hell struck our company. All around me, my buddies lay. As I knelt down by my buddy, he knew it was his time. Thank God we won our victory. We hold the gust of flying. You can talk of all your battles, and history it will tell. But the one fought at Trimmon Soli was sure a bloody hell. Most of your World War II veterans don't do that in mid-interview. We connected with the family. The widow was still alive. The children were still alive. Went down and interviewed them. He had written over 80 poems during the war. He wrote them while he was in the war, yes. But whatever was happening to him, that's what he wrote. Even all the years we were married, she never quit writing. He always wrote poetry. She's like, do you want to put him in the archive? I was like, yes, we do. We digitized all of his poems. 
Some of them are just about the food. They're about losing friends, longing for home. Tremon Swally was probably 10% of the interview. Colonel Arthur L. Kelly, the interviewer introduces him. He was part of the first group that went into Dachau concentration camp after liberation. The majority of the interview was about that experience. What do you see when you get up closer? We thought that there was a bunch of people here, maybe wounded or alive people, mm -hmm. that we were going to liberate them. But it, it, it was not a way. This picture you have right here of these, right. of these bodies that are, that are skin and bones, how'd you get those pictures? There was a guy in our outfit developed me. And later in the interview, Marshall can't remember the name of the actual concentration camp. He just can't connect to the name. Colonel Kelly is doing everything he can, like a good interviewer would. Well, let me ask you this. How did you get to it? Did you walk upon it? We walked and rode. And you were moving up the road lickety-split? Uh, he said, you know, can you tell me where you stayed the night before? Did you see any signs when you marched in? Describe the camp to me. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm not. I can't. and he can't get Marshall to connect, and he never does throughout the course of the interview. When we connected to the family, Marshall's son brought all the photographs. He said, you got us all whipped up with nostalgia. We got Dad's journals out, and you got to see this. Marshall kept a journal that was kind of like your smartphone. You know, it wasn't like, I feel sad today type of diary. It was like, ran into Bill, got to call him back, phone number. He pulls out this journal and he starts flipping through the pages. One of Marshall's daughters passed away very young of cancer, 1992. She was in her 30s. He turns to the page that coincided with that, and it says, Eva passed away today. Funeral arrangements. You turn the page and it says, the name of the prison camp was Dachau. So it was like six years after this interview, which is just, like, mind-blowing. The name of the prison camp was Dachau. You can experience this whole thing just because this guy did a Google search on M.A. Webb. Mrs. Webb, who, who I just love dearly, the whole family I've just come really to love. I asked her, did he ever mention that he carved his name in a wall? He never mentioned, but he carved his name on everything. If you could go through the... Pikes Ridge Woods out there where he grew up, his, his initials are on everything. My son climbed a tree once when they were deer hunting and found his dad's initials and a date way up on the tree. So, yeah, he's doing what he always did. We did a story on YouTube. It got picked up in the Truman Swally newspaper and people started going over, doing rubbings of his signature, send me pictures the town put up a plaque on the wall. They have the picture of him, they have a scan of the Battle of Tremenswale poem, and at the bottom, they've got a link. And if you have a really good international data plan, you can sit there in this alleyway and listen to the man's voice, Marsha Webb, at the moment that he talks about coming to Tremenswale. Tremenswale, that's where we were at, dug in for roughly three months. Mm -hmm. At that time, I was a scout. The 5th Army and the 8th Army, the English, that stretched all the way across Italy. Okay. Now this was wrote the 10th of May, somewhere in Italy, on the 11th of May. We waited for our orders one cool about day. We have a link to Marshall Webb's YouTube story at kitchensisters.org.